Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in reading the catechetical review found in the center of your bulletin. Confession. What is the office of the keys? The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. Where is this written? This is what St. John the Evangelist writes in chapter 20. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That is in John 20, verses 22 through 23. What do you believe according to these words? I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ, our dear Lord, dealt with us himself. The epistle reading for this morning is from Romans chapter 13. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowd that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! This is the gospel of our Lord. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you again for this day, a day of hope and promise that when you come again, it will be to rescue your people. Strengthen us and prepare us for that great and awesome day. Bless us now in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are only 21 days, 21 shopping days, until Christmas. The deadline quickly approaches. If you want to make sure your packages get to your loved one by early in that week of Christmas, the deadline is December 16th. If you're sending your packages to your loved one who is serving in the military overseas, you've missed the deadline. It's November 6th. For many of us, this time of the year, the list of deadlines continues to increase. You look at your December all the things that are going on, and you can see deadline after deadline of the things that need to be done. The Christmas lights need to be hung. The Christmas tree needs to be done. Christmas presents need to be purchased and wrapped. Christmas cards, Christmas letters need to be written and then sent, hopefully before Epiphany. The house needs to be cleaned for the visiting family and friends, Christmas recitals, Christmas programs, Christmas parties, deadline after deadline pushes against us. And they all fight for the same thing. They fight for your time. They fight for priority in your life. In the midst of all of these deadlines, this first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday in the church here, Jeremiah throws out another deadline as well. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. All the Christmas deadlines, all the work deadlines, the family deadlines that we live under, they drive us to make sure the task is done by the completed and the allotted time. If not, there will be consequences. It'd be easy to hear the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah in the same way, hearing only deadline and consequences. 
Behold, the days are coming. Deadline. Declares the Lord, and I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as a king and deal wisely. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Consequences. If you hear Jeremiah's promise of a Messiah coming to rule and reign on the earth, and it causes you anxiety and fear, maybe you're misunderstanding the very purpose that God sent his son, our Savior, into the world. A good friend of mine, a pastor, he likes to say this, sin breaks stuff. And he's right. We know that very, very clearly. We know it all too well. This holiday season, if you don't believe that sin breaks stuff when you're gathered with your family and friends, bring up politics or religion and see what happens. We all have opinions. After the discussion or the argument, depending on how long it goes, uh, you are left with a guilty conscience because of what you said or what you didn't say. After the discussion or the argument and you are feeling guilty, you realize that you're broken because of your anger, because of your hate, because of all of the words that were delivered to you as sharp barbs that seem to tear you down. You're broken because you just can't get past all the times this has happened in the past. You're broken because of your fear of the uncertainty of what will happen. If you actually do, just stand up for yourself or say what you really think. You're broken. You know that. And your family is too. And they know that. Sin breaks stuff. We especially see that this season when we gather together with so many people. It doesn't always go the way that we hope it will. Sin breaks stuff, and sometimes we're simply caught up in the consequences of things that happen around us. You have a deadline for a work project, and you're well on your way. The project is going well, it's clear, it's in front of you, you will meet the completion date. You're on track to have the project done on time, and it will be great. And then something unexpected happens, tragedy to fact. Excuse me, a family tragedy or a serious illness or injury, unextended or unexpected hospitalization, and you miss the deadline because you were taking care of the one you love or the one somebody you love was taking care of you. The cold, harsh consequences of a broken world are, at least in the business world, you didn't produce, you don't have a job. The business world around us usually doesn't spend much time looking at you with compassion and hope. They look at the bottom line, profit and loss. And if you didn't do what you said you would do, you're done. And they'll find someone else. No forgiveness. No job. Sin breaks stuff. And we see that all the time. And sometimes we are simply caught up in the midst of the injustice of the world. Loss of job, loss of health, unexpected loss of someone that we love. Sin breaks stuff, and that's the reality of the world that we live in. From the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve's first cry 
and ours has always been the same. Hosanna! Lord, save us. And save us now. And he has. To Adam and Eve and to everyone after him, God promised that he would send the conqueror over sin and death. He would send a Savior into our world to save us from our own brokenness. He showed that to Adam and Eve when he covered them in skins because it takes the shedding of blood to cover sin. He showed it to Noah. He and his family ate souls in all as they were rescued, as they were the only righteous ones on the entire earth. And God saved them through water. God showed his promise to Israel how he would rescue them through this scrawny little shepherd boy named David who came up against a nine-foot giant named Goliath that Israel's armies wouldn't go against. And God showed his mighty power by rescuing them through this little man. He rescued Israel from the slavery in Egypt with a promise that even though the angel of death was going to come and kill the firstborn of every man and every animal, that the angel of death would pass over if the blood of the lamb was on the door and they would eat the body of the lamb and the angel of death passed over. God continues to show us over and over again his motive in our world is to rescue us, to save us, and to forgive us. 2,000 years ago, God sent our promised Savior in flesh and blood into our world. The righteous branch that comes from David's family line, just as Jeremiah promised. He continued to show to all mankind his promise of rescuing us, and he showed us that in human flesh and blood. Every place Jesus traveled to in his life, have you noticed what he did he stopped in a city, and the city recognized who Jesus was, and they brought out all of their sick and their ill, and Jesus healed them all. He worked until the job was done. He rescued. His divine work continued to bring grace and mercy to all of those who were there. He rescued people from demon possession. He rescued them from diseases. Jesus rescued people from death's cold hand as he called these little ones and even Lazarus back from death to life again. From the beginning, God has been loving and rescuing sinful mankind. God taking on flesh and blood and becoming the perfect sinless sacrifice for us for all of our sins, for all mankind. And by his birth and by his death and by his resurrection, we're forgiven. We heard that. We heard that rescue clearly as Jesus hung on the cross and just before he gave up his spirit, he said, it is finished. And he was speaking to you. Your sins of thought, word, and deed, your sins of, of all of the tragedies that befall you and that you cause, forgiven by Jesus' great love and mercy for you. All our sins, every one, forgiven, just as Jesus said. Death and its final deadline has been dismantled, and all of this is for you, dear children of God. Looking back at, God, at how God has loved us, all of his broken people, and how he has rescued us 
over and over and over again. Listen to Jeremiah again. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as a king, and he shall deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This promise from Jeremiah is not something to fear. This promise from Jeremiah is the final return of Jesus to the earth and he will complete what God has been doing since sin came into the world. He will rescue you and take you home to be with him. Jeremiah's promise is of the final rescue from the ravages of sin. Today's the first day of the church year, the first Sunday of Advent, and Advent is a season of hope, a season of anticipation, not just for Christmas morning waiting to unwrap the presents, but a time of anticipation that God will come, and he will rescue us from all of these things. If you dread the day of Christ's return, listen one more time to Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming That's a promise of hope and a final complete rescue from all the struggles that sin brings into our world. Jesus will return. And when he descends from the right hand of God the Father in heaven, he will reign as a king. And he will deal wisely and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. When Jesus comes again in flesh and blood, He will deliver justice. Satan and all of his demons and all of those who have denied believing in Jesus for their life, they will be separated and sent to hell and hell will be sealed and sin will be no more. Death will be defeated once and for all because as Jesus lives, even those who now rest in their graves will rise again because death has no claim on them. Because Christ now reigns. No more injustice. No more being caught up in things that simply destroy us and we have no say in. There will be righteousness in the land because we have been covered in the white robe of Christ's righteousness right there in the waters of our baptisms. Jeremiah's message is the perfect message for us because it's a message of hope. And a message of anticipation. Behold, the days are coming when all of this mess of sin and sadness and sorrow will be over. And we will be rescued once and for all by our Savior who stands on the earth. In the meantime, we wait. And we wait in hope. We wait repenting of our sins that we've fallen into and we find comfort into Jesus' words of forgiveness given to us in the absolution. We wait resting like we are right now in his word which gives us hope. We wait living in our baptisms and receiving the very body and blood of Jesus for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. We wait and we hope as we cry out as God's people have ever since Adam and Eve. Hosanna! Lord, Lord, save us now. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.